Hi everyone, I'm Andy from playconnect.co.uk and I help people learn to love themselves through improv and play. Wow. Hello, I'm Heidi. Um, I'm Heidi Furster from Germany and I'm Andy invited me for this conversation on loving weirdness. And I'm a total lover of weirdness. I come from my a movement meditation background. I do a lot of conscious dance and I discovered, oh, that's all weird. And so I, <laughs> through them things, I, I actually also offered a series of workshops and one workshop is called Be a Freak, Being a Freak. And uh, this is really one I, I dearly love. And I love to inspire people to embrace weirdness and freakiness and be different and find their um, real authentic expression yeah cool so that's our topic is um loving your weirdness that's what we're going to um that's what we're going to talk about how did you get into this Heidi I've I don't know if you've ever told me before I yes it's really from the the dancing thing the moving thing on like five rhythms dance floors and these things and where you are yeah maybe you should explain a bit this is like the space where you do a kind of a freestyle dance and listening to your body and you can it for me it was a path of going into movement and um kind of uncover my layers of uh, it's it's it, it was a path towards becoming alive and uncovering the layers of emotions and going into like expression. And this, for me, this is really deep work. It's what sources all of my work, also my other project that are not connected in uh, with these workshops. And I think I discovered that I'm really weird. So like my movements are really weird. And at some point I'm like, oh, if ever I, I am offering a workshop, it will be about this. And indeed, my first workshop, or one of my first, was about that. Yeah, oh, so cool. I, I did five rhythms for a bit as well. And it's so I found it really challenging to mm. go into a space where you could do anything. So like, there's no rules. There's no way to do it right. And like, part of me didn't really believe it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know the teacher's saying I can't do it right, but actually, I know that that person is better than that person and I'm the worst of all and like almost like giving myself marks for how well I was doing it and um mm -hmm. it just really practices like that for me they show up how much conditioning we have inside ourselves about okay this is what I'm allowed to do this is what I'm not allowed to do this makes me fit in this makes me not fit in mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, and I guess we all have that, right? I I guess so. Yes, I certainly do, and I I I also experience this on the dance floor, and then the moment where I'm like, you know, going away from that and daring to be, you know, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and noticing the things that. Well, actually, yeah, I did a clown workshop yesterday and the same kind of thing. You start playing games and um, again, you could do anything. 
but I noticed there were maybe four or five things I tended to do a lot and other things that I didn't. So it's like, whoa, that's not random. You know, there's a habits of things, places where I tend to go. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> it's funny what scares us. Like for me, five rhythms kind of free dancing thing. Um, I've got a lot better at it now, um, but uh, <laughs> I've relaxed into it, I should say. Um, but they, when they, um, I, I'm quite cool doing stuff by myself. As soon as the teacher says, oh yeah, and find yourself dancing with someone else, I immediately feel nervous. And I'm like, whoa, like, we're not touching, you know, it's like, why is it just having someone's attention that immediately feels difficult for me? This is so funny um, how you explained it, because I would, you know, I, I did nearly no improving or once or twice, of course, because I was kind of made to. But what scares me so much in the improv, <laughs> what scares me so much in the improv bit is exactly this. Suddenly you are there and having people's attentions and you're supposed to be kind of funny, but of course, you know, teacher says, no, it's not, it doesn't have to be, but then yes, kind of, yes, exactly. <gasps> Oh, yeah, I suppose it's the equivalent of in five rhythms when people think, oh, I have to be a good dancer and have a probably a, a template of like, oh, it's supposed to look like this. And however many times the teacher says, no, no, you can do whatever you want. We have our little, um, I call it self-editing, but like the part inside our heads that kind of goes, no, no, we have to be in this box is what I've decided is allowed. Anything outside that is is not allowed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah <laughs> yeah interesting work Heidi yeah and the sense of achieving and performing I think this is really something in the improv thing like I'm I'm you know, I, I am actually a perfectionist so <laughs> you should definitely come <laughs> <laughs> yeah Interesting, isn't it? I mean, I could see your response, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, which was my, which was, um, which was mine too. That was exactly my experience. Um, I sometimes say I'm like, the world's least likely improviser because I was totally like stuck in my head, very shy, very anxious, very um, definitely wanted to kind of work it out. Mm. Like, explain everything to me first, and then maybe I'll try. You know, I totally relate. Um, yeah, I like what you said about you mentioned performing. Mm. I think performing is quite interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, that's what's behind like being in five rhythms, trying to do it well. And also in improv, when people are like, oh, it's supposed to look a certain way. and sort of getting stuck there and um and also in life right where um we we have ways we believe that we're allowed to be and um ways we perform for people which mm. may have which is, i guess it's, it's necessary and useful sometimes that 
you know, you turn up to your job and you're in a bad mood, but your job is to be in a good mood or something. So you sort of, that's a natural part of life, but it can get stuck as well, right? The, the kind of, the masks we wear yes. can get stuck. Hmm. Yeah, and there's the other, um, like there's the performing and everything that you said, but there's also um, this moment when you are having the attention of other people. And the being this really is it's a magical space yeah. and it can, you know, of course, shut you down because yeah. you're totally frightened and stuck. But once you manage to let go of, you know, the expectation and the mask and then to have other people's attention. This is it's so beautiful. It's such a, a loving, yes. loving thing. It's loving you know, loving weirdness, loving, um, it's loving to give someone else one's attention. Yes, I think it, that, that's why um, it can be very healing, I think, mm. for many people, um, because we have these parts of ourselves that we hide away. It's like, oh no, this is all in the bad box. So we sort of just push that over there and ignore it. Um, and actually these kind of, expressive uh, practices um, like you teach and I teach um, actually one of the things that happens is people when they begin to feel more comfortable they go oh actually I'm just I'm going to allow this little bit to come out to the surface and then well number one the world doesn't end and um, and also usually that's the bit people love the most right mm. uh, that um when we share something and it's it's very genuine and not gone through a filter mm. um that's often the bit when afterwards people go oh my god it was amazing when you did mm. that and that's that can be a very healing process as people slowly begin to embrace their <laughs> things that they've stopped themselves from doing in the past Yes, it's so liberating and emp empowering, I find. Liberating and empowering. Mm. What, what struck me in one of, you, showed, you shared with me a description of a workshop that you were doing. And you, I think you described on, you know, how we are kind of normally in our perfectionist way and behaving well and so. And then there was this line, that's a shame. And I, I feel I feel very strongly about that because I do think yes it's a shame and it's about shame as well mm. and because this the things you describe that are in the black box and we kind of you know try to hide away they are usually shame connected yeah and I think I believe shame is something fundamentally human and like fear and anger and joy and all these things it, it has really value actually to know oh now i'm i feel i'm feeling slightly ashamed and it's at the same time it's so uncomfortable and kind of you know shameful to be ashamed and i i believe the way of you know being seen and expressing yourself and also being weird with others um is building shame resilience 
And I really love this expression. I think it's from Brene Brown, at least where I heard it. And like having it paired with a resilience kind of balances out this shamefulness. And like, yeah, this is our, maybe even our responsibility to be human, to kind of build resilience within shame and within fear and within other emotions. But shame is a big one for being seen. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, it, like all emotions, like shame has a, a useful purpose on one level. You know, there are some things that it's not good to do. Mm. And quite rightly, we kind of absorb, we have a system that absorbs, okay, these are things that a good person doesn't do. Um, and so we don't do them. So that performs a function, a useful function. But then it, it attracts in all kinds of other things that aren't um, that actually aren't bad. We've just decided at some point <laughs> that oh, a good person doesn't eat peas on the back of their fork or whatever it is, and then that becomes a thing, you know. <laughs> or they don't they don't eat um, don't drink red wine if they're eating fish or something. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I'm giving the most trivial examples, but then. Yes. It's like a, there's a gravity that kind of brings it in, and um, uh, yes. And as you, I loved how you said that, Heidi. When you said shame is shameful, because the other thing that happens is that then there's the stuff that we we never mention, that we or we um, because we feel ashamed about it. So we think, oh, for whatever reason, something in our brain has gone, ah, oh, um, wearing hats on a Tuesday is a bad thing bad people do so that we 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 never we would never say that because even to think it has become a shameful thing so then it never resolves um, mm -hmm. whereas in these spaces um we can yeah, learn to bring it into the light and then it's the actually it's the the connection and the caring and the belonging and the joy mm. uh, that's the healing thing yes and it's it's the healing it's the beauty it's this yeah what you said the very connection to others but that's allowing intimacy as well yeah mm. i like how you said it's a responsibility to build mm shame resilient so so many of us you know including me we i can think of my speak for myself but i can think of loads of things loads of things i haven't done or chances i haven't taken because there's a little thing in my head saying oh no that would be a bad thing if you did that or you shouldn't do that um and well, I was just going to say that's a shame. Well, there you go. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right? And I, I'm pretty sure that's that's quite a common experience. What do you think about laughter, Heidi? We're laughing quite a lot, and I think laughter can be quite healing, and it can also be quite healing. Well, how do you? Yes. Yeah, because um, so much. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, 
I mean, there's, I noticed, um, so my personal story with smiling and laughter is I would put on smiles all everywhere, you know, I would be kind of the smiling face. And for me to not smile has been really an achievement yeah. because it meant that I, I dare to, you know, not show the smiling face, which was a way to be safe kind of with others, uh, a way to manipulate them into liking me and then daring to not do that. Whoa, that was, that was a step. Like I, I felt certainly a, a shame connected something. Yeah. And I also know that, that laughter for me sometimes is a sign of stress. So when I'm a little bit overwhelmed, I very easily laugh in trying to unconsciously, you know, break the tension. And then it's because, because of it's connecting, um, you know, it's really connecting, I find. Laughing together, laughing in a group. I have so missed this during COVID. Laughing in a group together, boy. It was amazing to have this again somehow. And yes, I don't know wh whether you were going, you know, to this with your question, but that are my thoughts about oh, it. It was a question. I wasn't going anywhere. I was interested. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh, there's so many things I want to find out. Um, uh, I have a few people have said to me, um, this is a sidebar, a few people have said to me, oh, I. I find it difficult not to smile. And I had that as well. I had a period of time where people would say to me, you smile too much. Um, interesting. Um, what's, have you got a top tip for anyone who's trying to learn to stop smiling a lot? Because it's oh. different to fun. It's different to joy, right? Smiling is not yeah. the same thing. We need to, we can. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot. Maybe you don't have a top tip. Which is mm. <laughs> pulling faces I've because that um because that that is weird too you know and sometimes I even you know I'm going out and cycling and I do weird things with my face yeah. outside which is yeah but it kind of makes me aware of my face more and mm. I do believe that you know because the face is where we where we carry the mask and just becoming aware and like pulling this is also um you know unlocking the muscles and joints and tension maybe even tension that are there mm. and yeah this is where the the horse with top tip comes i was going to say on mind. your on your embodiment conference talk one of the top tips in the notes was to do horse was it horse breathing or something? <laughs> As a... <laughs> yeah, cool. The other thing though is laughter, which is different, isn't it? That um, <clears throat> smiling is often uh, about social, sort of arranging social hierarchies. So, so smiling often means I'm friendly, I'm not a threat. Yeah. Um, but laugh and, and laughing can have that. There's so many aspects to laughter. I'm going to speak to someone soon about this. Um, 
Uh, but one of the functions of laughter is group bonding. Mm. It's often not because anything's funny. It's often because we're connecting. Mm. Not Someone's not said anything witty or clever. It's like we've recognized a shared humanity and that makes us laugh. Um, like a group of friends who they're telling the same story that they've told five times. Like everybody knows how it goes, mm -hmm. but everybody laughs because this, this is how we share our connection. Um, yeah. And I think this is what happens in improv a lot. And it's quite an important, perhaps, separation, uh, distinction that people often assume, oh, I have to be funny. But actually where the laughter comes from is often is the shared humanity. Mm. So like when we show ourselves, then there's something, there's something just very bonding about that. And as you say, yeah, the laughter is uh, just such a healthy healing thing. Yeah, that's right. And in trying to say something funny or to be funny, this is like the the try we try to control it and to make it happen but you know it's just being being authentic let's say is one way in yeah yeah totally yeah if we're trying to be funny we've just slipped back into performing again yeah uh, and uh, mm. this the whole the whole practice um yeah a lot of um see well, i noticed we've said healing a lot which sounds quite um heavy, I guess. Um, and we've talked about shame and we've talked about, you know, self-criticism and, and that kind of thing. Um, I noticed a lot of growth can be enjoyable and mm. pleasurable. Uh, I, I find this is something that's often missed. People think, okay, I can either have fun or I could work on my issues <laughs> and, and like, you know, it's one, one or the other, but actually many of the issues are precisely from taking things too seriously. <laughs> and, and actually the lightening up and laughing and having fun that is in itself an opening, connecting um, thing to do. Yes. And this is, I think where the creative play comes in and because yeah I, I believe that this opens such a a range of of ease and of you know rather curiosity and exploration into that instead of oh i have to do the you know the shadowy bit yeah no it's it's fun it's cool yeah 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 it can be a little bit challenging for sure you know if people have been in this this uh, it's like a it's like a prison that we lock ourselves in, you know, uh, and and then, um, you know, to kind of go outside that a bit can be challenging, but in a in a beautiful and joyful uh, way, celebratory way, mm -hmm. and to do it gradually and slowly, like going to a five rhythms class. To be uh, to first time I went, I walked into the room. It was just a warm up and. Um, there's some people like lying on the floor screaming and some are jumping and I'm just like, oh, oh, hello, hello, here I am. And we don't have to rush it, you know, it, it's, we can be gentle with ourselves and uh, yes. go, okay, yeah, yeah, this is a challenge for me. 
and I can just find where my edge is um, for now today. Mm. And that's that's cool, and know that it changes over time. Mm. And I often, sometimes I experience the other bit where I'm kind of in the weird expressive mode, and <laughs> with I with you, <laughs> with me, right? Sorry about that, Andy. And to maybe maybe it's just projection, but I I did project into others being around and being more normal that they they're actually being challenged by my you know loud expressions and weirdness there and do i dare to still be with that and to actually you know well maybe i challenge others but it's a five rhythms class it's all right yeah <laughs> and and leave it to them also to kind of regulate and not myself, you know, tone myself down or, or coerce, you know, turn myself into a more uh, harmonious way, but, you know, allowing this, being at odds or being a little bit challenging also for others without being totally unaware because I am affected by them. Yeah. But how, how much do I dare to? express myself and maybe challenge someone just by being me yeah yeah and it's, of course it's not you challenging them really right it's just that it's kind of because i would perhaps be on the other side would have been on the other side of that like we were joking it's not because you're doing anything is it's because it's reminding me of all the stuff i've got in my box and, and it's like there's someone over there who's not got it in there, who's like, oh, there we go, there it is. And I'm like, oh, uh, I should probably get something out of my box now. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, it's reframing from, oh, maybe I challenge someone, maybe I inspire someone. Yeah. Well. I, I personally, I like it in ex sort of self-expression kind of settings. If some people are quite big and loud, which I'm usually not the biggest, loudest person, um, almost like then the edge has been moved so now the edge is over there and i'm here and i'm like oh yes this now feels like quite a so thank you heidi for creating <laughs> when you've done that <laughs> um, it just creates a bigger space because otherwise we start to self-edit as a collective right mm. and everyone's like oh like what what's okay to do here and what's not okay to do here uh, I don't know if you've had that when you've been teaching. Um, sometimes you notice that, like, oh, everyone's sort of decided on the the boundary mm -hmm. of what's okay to express and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes someone will do or say something that's outside it. For example, like a big taboo is like someone saying, um, "I don't like this exercise." <laughs> For example, right, yes. and, and and or um, oh, I felt really I'm, I'm I don't know I really enjoyed this bit or whatever it might be, and um, and then several other people in the class go, oh my god, I'm so glad you said that because I was just wanted to share, and that happens so much as well. Right, we need people who are it's a gift because mm -hmm. it's and we all have different places where we're more 
comfortable going. Yes. So together, for example, if you're more physically expressive and someone else is more verbally expressive, mm -hmm. then together, like you can move the boundary over here, they can move the boundary over there, and you know, together we create that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that there's this agreement, and then there's a magical moment when something is changing. Yeah. And this is it's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's when that's when things change. Hmm. Mm, so much. Hey, Heidi, I feel like we could talk all day, but I'm also feeling like <laughs> maybe maybe we should maybe we should come back for a part two another time in case that <clears throat> Joan. <laughs> right. When, when I've you know experienced a little bit more of the improv and climbing scene. Yeah. Is there anything that you're like, oh, I really want to talk about this, and we haven't talked about it. There's one thing that um someone reminded me and that i yeah I, that is that's alive now it's holding space for my own expression and because in when i go into a fiber workshop or, or or an improv thing or something then there is a space and i maybe i have a beautiful moment of you know discovering something about myself and and kind of in in normal life i there is it's kind of important that i am able to hold space for myself for my own inner freak inner weirdness and when i do that then other people pick up that i am i'm all right so if I'm holding space, I can, you know, like, is that if I, if I'm a little bit, you know, doing weird movements, doing a silly walk outside, and it might scare people if they think, you know, what's going on, but if they feel, oh, this is just someone, you know, doing a silly walk, then I have moved I've actually moved the space, what's possible out there for everyone. Yes. And it's really important that I myself, it's like holding space, I myself give myself permission to do the silly walk or to pull faces in public. Yes. And if I'm able to give myself permission, then I don't need the permission from others, but I also give permission I don't know whether that was of any value here, but yeah, I wanted to bring it in. Yeah, thank you, Heidi. Um, yeah, giving ourselves permission, and through that, we grant permission to others too. That's what I was, what I was hearing. That's amazing, Heidi. Uh, should we wrap up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah um what if people want to find out more about you how can they do that what should they do right so about this part of work i'm it's on my webpage radical radicalebendig.de it's in german 
actually it's in German. So, <laughs> but the internet will help you. And I did, I did do some workshops in English. Uh, well, but that's it. And at the moment, I'm, I'm not, you know, offering much, but it will come definitely. And you can uh, register on my, um, yeah, maybe, maybe you write my, um, I, I, I send you my email address, the one, and then people can contact. Okay, me. yeah, I'll, I'll put that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do a, a playconnect.co.uk um, where I organize um, roughly improv for perfectionists. So um, if you'd like to explore using play and laughter and joy and freedom to partly just for, the, just for that and also to loosen up, um, uh, yeah, loosen up then uh, it'd be great to see you. I usually have a taster class, which is letting go of rights. There's some on there. And then if you want to sign up for a course, then that's great too. Um, yeah, cool. That's wonderful. Hi, do this has been amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching on the video. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>